Timothy chapter number 2 and verse number 15. Tonight we will begin. This will basically be nothing more probably than groundwork and introduction into the subject of dispensational salvation. Dispensational salvation. Some of you are already scratching your head. And so that's a blessing. Uh, you need to. You need to. You need to learn these things, right? And uh, this is something that we all, if you're going to be a Bible believer, let me say a few statements, I guess, before we even get started. We, a lot of people claim I'm a King James Bible believer, but they cannot tell you what they believe from the King James Bible. Now, I don't want our church to ever be the type of church that says a lot, but then has no idea really how to uh, back it up. Amen. And uh, what you know to stand on what they believe, and so uh, we're going to walk through these things best we know, best I know how, and I'm going to teach you from the Word of God where it says. And so the subject at hand tonight, and probably in the next couple of weeks to come, is dispensational salvation. All right, Second Timothy chapter number two, verse number fifteen. Um, we'll begin reading there, verse number fifteen, Brother Sean. Before we do that, that black box down there to your right. It's, uh, it's, got, it, uh, it's got the two monitors. There's a back button on the right side. Make sure that pushed in and then turn on the stage monitors. You should just light up blue when they come on. It's all okay. Alright, good deal. Second Timothy chapter number two, verse number fifteen. If you're there say Amen. Alright, the Bible says this, very familiar, but it says study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that need not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Amen. Now you've heard this said, quoted, preached, taught ever since you've been coming here. Uh, but for some, there's some of you here tonight that you have never heard in that study on anything really to do with rightly dividing. Now, we are dispensationalists. What we what that means is we believe that God uh, is Diverse, and he has dispensed himself and the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ differently to different groups of men at different periods of time. And so salvation is no exception to that rule. Salvation, uh, you, and listen, this is sad, but Baptists are about the worst for this. They will claim, most Baptists that don't rightly divide their Bible will claim that salvation is the same from the very beginning of the Word of God all the way through, but Scripture teaches completely contrary to right. that statement. Right. Uh, salvation's not always been the same. And you need to understand that if you're going to understand or rightly divide your Bible. There are many divisions that, that must be made in this book in order for you to understand it. There's, there's a lot of confusion and a lot of heresy, and it comes from one thing. That men have failed to rightly divide the word of truth. Dispensation. Let's look at that word. Dispensation is a Bible word. This is not something that's been made up by man. It's not a Baptist tradition. It's not a uh, it's not a Pentecostal word. It's a Bible word. Yeah. We believe that uh, God has dispensed. That is the root word of dispensation. It is to dispense. We believe God has dispensed His Revelation. Now notice this word, progressively. Alright? Stay with me now. If you don't listen, you're going to miss it. You're going to know nothing more when you leave than when you came. God, in the 
dispensation. He has dispensed his revelation progressively. What does that mean? It means it is a process that is dispensed from God over time. Now, in the beginning, think about this, how God has illuminated and illustrated his progressive works and how he works progressively. In the beginning, we find out this, God created the heaven and the earth. Right. What do you find at the end of, of the Bible? In the beginning, you find God created heaven and earth. What you find at the end of the Bible, Revelation, there's a new heaven and a new earth. Progressive Revelation. It, it progresses from something into something else. In Genesis, does everybody uh, know about the book of Genesis, first book of the Bible? Did, did you know that Genesis is really uh, is made up of nothing more than generations? Genes. Uh, that's that's where you find your word Genesis. It's generations and genes. That's where you find the first man on planet Earth, and his name is called what? Adam. And so we're talking about progressive revelation. We're talking about how God dispenses things. Well, we find the first Adam in the book of Genesis, but then when you get to First Corinthians, chapter number fifteen, verse number forty-five, you find the second Adam. Bible said, and so it was written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Can anybody tell me who that second Adam is, that last Adam? It's the Lord Jesus Christ. Adam being the first Adam in Genesis or the book of genes or the book of generations, of course, falls in the Garden of Eden. And then once you find yourself in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, there's a new Adam, a second Adam on, 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 uh, in the Scripture who is the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible starts with a family in Genesis uh, chapter number 3 when God institutes uh, Adam and Eve and marriage and, and the garden. And the Bible starts with the family, but then through progressive revelation we find that the Bible ends with the last Adam being the head over the whole family. Adam in Genesis is the head over the first family, but the second Adam, the Lord Jesus, in the end of this thing, becomes the head over the entire family of both the new heaven and the new earth, which will consist of two groups of people. Does anybody know who those two groups of people will be in the new heaven and the new earth? I'll give you a hint. The first group of people are heaven-born people, and the second group of people are earthborn people. You've got a new heaven and a new earth. Does everybody follow me? I'm just laying introductions so you need to stay with me. I'm showing you something. So, so we find those two groups of people. Uh, and we find one being Israel, the other being Gentile. And actually, there'll be three, uh, there'll be three distinct groups in the last in, in that last days. We know this will be a new heaven, new earth, and then there's something else that's new in the book of Gen in Revelation. Does anybody know what that is? John looked and said, Behold, coming down from heaven was New Jerusalem. That's right. So you got a new heaven, you got a new earth, and you got new Jerusalem. So you just stay with me and follow along as best you can. We'll land here in just a minute. So that is why the book of the Revelation is penned. Why does John the Revelator get the Revelation? Why does God show them these things? Because it leads us into the dispensing of this Revelation. That is what dispensationalism is. It is the gradual dispensing or the progressive revelation given over a period of time to certain people. That's exactly how everything in this life works. God has set up everything 
with this same process of gradual progression. It's God's way of doing things. Let me give you a few examples. Anybody here ever have a baby as soon as it came out started eating steak? It's progression. They get better. It's a gradual process. What about uh, your children? When you were a child, you have to care for yourself? No, it's a gradual process. The author of life, being the Lord uh, God Almighty, the author of life shows us, even in creation, how that He has chosen to dispense things over the course of time. Can I say you have never seen a tree just pop out of the ground 50 foot tall to be a tree? It is a process. It is a gradual process of dispensing. That thing starts off as a seed. It turns into a sprout. It turns into a bloom. Then it turns into this. And then and finally, 50 years down the road, you've got a tree. Things never start the same way they finish. Everything is progressive in this life. And that's because the creator of this life is, that's his way of doing things. It's progressive. It's a gradual process. That's really all dispensationalism is in, over in a whole. When you look at it, it's God building up to something else. And, he, and he's doing so because he does things differently in different times with different people. All right? So does everybody follow me so far? Uh, that is the way salvation works. I said all that to say this. That's the same way salvation works from Genesis to Revelation. It is not the same thing. Things that are different are not the same. Does everybody understand that? Things that are different are not the same. You cannot show me one Old Testament saint that fell under Holy Ghost conviction, was drawn by the Spirit of God, repented of his sin, and believed the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ to be saved. You're foolish if you think that salvation is the same from the beginning all the way through to the end. It's not. Salvation is not the same. It's dispensational. It's different in different times to different men. In the Old Testament, we see pictures and types of Biblical salvation for our dispensation. Uh, what do you mean? Well, we see the blood of bulls and goats. What was that? It was a type. It was a gradual process leading up to the Lamb of God. John looked out, John 1 29, said, Behold the Lamb of God, which take away the sins of the world. There were other little, little L lambs. There were other lambs, but this is the Lamb. It's a gradual process, it's dispensational. Salvation. We see the blood of bulls and goats. We see Isaac's type of Christ and the land that was provided. We see the temple in the Old Testament made with hands. But what does that lead us to? That's a gradual process. It is a dispensing, if you will, of what's to come. Because now what is the temple of God? It's made without hands. It's us. Does everybody understand that? The temple of God, the Old Testament, that's where the, the Shekinah glory of God abode, and, and that's where the priests would go in, they'd have to cleanse themselves and all the rigmarole, but it was leading us to you and I be at the temple of God. All right? Does everybody follow me? In the Old Testament, we find a physical circumcision. What does that lead us to? Why would God put that in His Word? Why do we care? what the Jews may or may not have done when it comes to circumcision. Well, because there's a physical circumcision in the Old Testament, and uh, but then we find the spiritual circumcision in the New Testament. Yeah. All right? So I want you to look at some scriptures with me just in, just in introduction leading up to dispensational salvation. Go to Colossians chapter number 2. Colossians chapter number 2. Now, this will be... I'll, I'll probably get... Preaching mode, son, maybe through this, but but uh, we're going to study our Bibles. And may, I may 
start this and just see how it goes on Wednesday nights for a little while and just go through some things teaching Bible doctrine. You know what I'm seeing in these days? Even people who go to good Bible believing doctrinal sound churches are they are so messed up in their doctrine. Uh, they people people are 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 the, the Bible talks about being carried away with every wind of doctrine. Yeah. We're seeing that now more than ever, Man. even in our good King James only Bible believing dispensational premillennial. You name it. We're seeing it by the groves. Everybody jumps on a bandwagon just because it's something to jump on. But listen, you have to understand the Word of God. And that, that separates you from the way of truth or the way of error. Yeah. And so this dispensational salvation is one, one way that we can do that. Look at Colossians 2, look at verse number 11. Colossians 2, verse number 11. Bible said, In whom also ye are circumcised with the, with the circumcision made without hands, and putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead, you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting, of the ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. Now, again, you also find something in this text when we look at spiritual circumcision in light of physical circumcision and the, the dispensing, how God progressively moves us from the physical cutting away to the spiritual cutting away. What is spiritual circumcision? It's when God saved you, the Holy Ghost moved in and physically cut your soul, that inner man, away from the flesh. That's why you're eternally saved. That's why when the Bible, when the Bible says that, that we have no sin, it's not speaking of this man that we look at in the mirror every day because we know that person has sinned, but that soul's been saved. It's been cut away from the flesh. It's been circumcised. Everybody understand circumcision? I don't want to have to break all that down. But circumcision is the cutting away of flesh. Right. And in the Old Testament, it was a physical thing, a Jewish thing. But in the New Testament, it's what God does when a believer turns from himself and his sin, repents towards God, believes the gospel, and is saved by the grace of God. But notice what we also find in Colossians 2. Not only do we find a spiritual circumcision, but look at verse 12. Buried with him in baptism. Wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead. Now this is the spiritual baptism. Sure. Guess what? It's also not found in the Old Testament. There is no spiritual baptism. Does everybody understand what I'm trying to tell you tonight? Talk about dispensationalism. Things that are different are not the same. When you were saved, you were baptized into the body of Christ. Does everybody believe your Bible? Yes. Spiritually. You're spiritually baptized into the body of Christ by the Holy Ghost. That's why we follow through with what we call believer's baptism. It does not save you. It don't even wash you up. All it is is a sign, a type, a picture that, hey, I have done what this book said to do. I've died. I've been buried with Christ, and I'm risen again as a new creature in Christ. All things have passed away. All, all things have become new. So it's all progressive. It's all dispensed differently over the course of time. And for those who doubt this or ask why, the answer uh, why the answer is very simple. Why? Why would God do things like this? Well, here, you want to know the answer? It's real simple. It's because it's God's way of doing things. 
Amen. Amen. <laughs> I mean, we, we, we try to figure out the, the ins and the outs. Listen, God didn't, didn't call us or tell us to figure him out. We're to figure him in. Right. It's just God's way of doing things. You say, well, I don't understand that when you're not God. Right. It don't make no sense to me. Well, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Man. His ways are higher than our I've done it different, but you're not God. And so it's just his way. Progressive revelation, dispensationalism, things change. They evolve and they gradually progress. All right. So even in our text, I want you to, I want you to go back and, and well, you don't have to turn there, but you know what it says. Second Timothy 2.15, study to show thyself approved unto God, workmen that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. That is the key. Listen to me. Now I think this is stuff. That you really need to hold on to. Because I love to shout. I love that service like we had Sunday. But the Bible says that we must worship in spirit and in. And if we don't know the Bible, we're not rooted in doctrine. All we got to shout, we're shallow. Yep. Amen. Uh, the shout's not going to carry you through when you, you, you get stumped at work. Right. Right. The shout's not going to carry you through when the devil starts bringing up all, all kinds of false accusations about what you are or what you believe. And you can't defend yourself. You've got to get full of Bible doctrine if you're ever going to turn out to be anything for the cause of Christ. And so the key to unlocking biblical truth is found in our key text in 2 Timothy 2.15. Rightly dividing. Did you know that God calls you to cut this thing up into, into divisions? That's right. That's what we're told to do. How do I study? First thing you need to do, if you really want to be a student of the Bible, by the way, shouldn't just be the pastor or the preachers or the Sunday school teachers or the deacon that, that live their lives as students of the Bible. Right, man. We're all called to study. Right. It's, it's, that's not just on the preacher or the leaders. That's on every Christian that's born again. If you're saved, you should be a student of the Bible. Yes, uh, you, should, you should come here. You should learn and listen here, take notes, and you should go home and do your own study. Right. You should have your own devotion. Brother uh, Shelby was talking today about how, uh, you know, so, I, so many times people study, uh, preachers study, but they only study to preach. Yeah. Uh, don't be surprised if that's, if that's your only form of studying is to get a message if you don't get to preach a message. Good. Are you listening? Yes, well, God wants you to get a message. Yeah, He does, but He wants personal devotion with you. Right. The only reason you read your Bible or study is just to have something to say. He's probably not going to be saved. Amen. I'm not saying don't study and get messages. You should. But if that's your only goal of studying is to get a message, then, then, then folks, listen, boys, we're in trouble. You ought to study this book because it's, it's him. See, love him, you love his word. You can't love one without the other. So there are divisions within the word of God. You need to understand this. Now, I'll say things again. I'm going to say this a hundred times tonight. Things that are different are not the same. We live in a day and hour where society has attempted to lump everything and everybody into a one system. And the attempt is to do this, to accomplish this, that all things may be the same, which is totally anti-Bible and totally anti-God. You know, we're living in a day and an hour where society says that you can be whatever you want to be. Right. But things that are different are not the same. That's right. I don't care how many surgeries you have to add on or to take off. A man can't be a woman and a, and a woman can't be a man. Exactly right. Yeah. Things that are different are not the same. Right. Yeah. Uh, it, it makes no difference to me if you're if you're black, yellow, red, purple, or green. I understand we're all humans, but black is not white. Right. 
Come on, somebody. Don't right. bow there right there. And why it's not blank. Right. I'm not saying anything's any more or any less, but things that are different are not the same. Right. Yes. Does everybody understand that? Well, we're just all the same. You know, no, there are differences because God made us that way. Diversity is not a We're living in a day and hour where the word difference or diversity is a cuss word to society, but yet they'll butcher babies. Yeah, yeah. No, listen, things that are not, things that are different are not the same. And the salvation through this Bible is different. Therefore, it cannot be the same. Alright? So, uh, we live in a day and an hour, and this is where the world's headed for the Antichrist. We're, we're headed there quick, fast, and in a hurry. We're living in an hour where, where, where people are trying to lump all religions into one category. Now listen to me. All religions into one category. Well, we just need to put it. If I've seen it once this week, I've seen it a thousand times amongst some what I thought was Bible-believing pastors that makes me want to puke. we got to put away our denominations. Come on, Listen, folks, I understand. I'm not a Baptist writer. We're not the only ones going to heaven. But I cannot go get the fellowship with everybody and anybody. Why? Because they're contrary to the book. They don't believe the Bible. Hello? Oh, y'all tightening up right there. They don't, but are we Bible believers or are we not? You either believe the truth and you follow the truth or you do not believe the truth. You do not follow the truth. I can't joke up with everybody and everything that says Jesus. No, sir. By the way, there is a there is another Jesus, this is in your Bible, that's being preached. Right, right. Amen. You would say, well, that you know, them boys casting out devils, they're doing it in Jesus' name. Leave them alone. No, they're heretics. Right. Yeah. I, I'm not saying why. They're, they're full of they're full of heresy and lies and false doctrine. I'm not yoking up with a contemporary bunch. Yeah, you're right. That, that's easy believe is when you repeat a prayer and you just come in and dance, feel a feeling, fist pump the crowd, everything's good. Listen, that's not what that's not what the Bible says. Well, I'm a Bible man. More than you know I'm a Baptist because it lines up with books. Sure. And there's things that some Baptists are out there doing that don't. And guess what? I, I don't feel it for that because I'm a Bible believer. So we're living in an hour where they try to lump everything together in religion, but things are different, not the same. Can I say that Calvinist is not the same as you? Amen. Me? Right. Amen. Why? Because we believe that salvation is to whosoever will. Yeah. That Christ died for all men and all men have a choice to either repent and receive the gospel and believe on the Lord Jesus or reject it. The church of Christ is not the same as me. No, they are not the same. I'm not the same. I'm different. I'm a Bible believer. I do not believe that salvation hinges upon water baptism in Jesus' name. But Bible believers believe that salvation hinges upon the cross. And that, and that water baptism don't do nothing but get you wet. It don't save you a bit more than a man in the moon. I'm not the same. So here's, here's a question. Here's a question. Well, where does all these other religions gather their information and doctrine from? Now listen, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you, yeah. the same book we got. That's why I was in Walmart. I got cornered. I got cornered in Walmart a couple weeks ago by an employee for 45 minutes at least. For 45 minutes. Because he had seen me exposing the heresy of all these demon cast grabbers. Right. And they got garbage cans all over their church so they can puke up these demons. 
And I blasted it into hell and back 17 times. Because it needs to be blasted. Sure. And this, and this man cornered me and said, I, Can I talk to you? Sure. So I seen him post on Facebook. I, I hate to tell you this, but you shouldn't be doing things like that. I said, Please explain. Well, uh, it, it just, this, you know, doing stuff like that, I mean, you're, you're running people away from God. I said, Please explain. You, 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 you judging all these other men, judging it just because they ain't like you. You're, you that's why it puts people like you that make up people might want to go to church. I said, okay, where's your verse for that? I said, because here's my verse for why I stand against heresy. Right. Here's my verse for why I stand against false prophets. And here's my verse how truth will gather men together. Listen, doctrine does not divide. It does divide, but it does not divide those who see truth. Right, right, right. I'm not in the wrong. I'm doing what God told me. About, long story short, 45 minutes later, he said, well, I, I guess I didn't know all the story. I'm sorry. I said, well, you should be. God bless you. Have a good day. Uh, listen, we're not going that way. We're either Bible believers or we're not. Right. All right? So, I say all that. Say this. Where do they get their doctrine? Where's Big Greg getting all his doctrine from? The King James Bible. Here's the problem. Don't that, don't that tell that you that they got a verse for what they believe? No, yeah, no. no, it don't. Don't tell them they need one ounce. You want to know why? Because I go to the verse and say, Oh, cast out bells? That's what the Jew. Yep. Oh, speaking in tongues. That is my King James Bible. Yep, that, that, that's who the unbelieving Jew. Yep, sir. Now, here's, here's, here's my question. We're going somewhere with this dispensational salvation. It's just, it's just going to be a little road to get there. Why are these same men that's not casting out devils and and speaking in tongues, he got the gifts. Why, why are none of them drinking poison and handling sex? Amen. Do you get to choose which of the gifts you, you want to exercise or do you get them or not? Well, if you take them a, 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 a whole jar of gasoline, why would they not drink it? Because yeah. according to the Bible, those that received them apostolic gifts, they could drink poison and it wouldn't harm them. Why were them gifts given? As a sign to the un, it's plain black and white, folks. To the unbelieving Jew. And and Mr. Rock has even taken scripture and going as far to say, this coming out of his mouth. Every time you see the gospel preached, now listen, this is what he said. And I don't run from it. Every time he said, I don't know that's every time, I'm not dug that deep. But he said, every time you see the gospel preacher, may have said almost every time you see the gospel preach, Jesus preaching the gospel, it's followed by signs and wonders. Here's what I'm going to say. Duh. Yeah. Yeah. Who was he trying to win? The Jew. Of course it was. That's why he done the miracles. That's why he made lame men walk, deaf men, uh, deaf men hear, and, and lame men, or uh, crippled man walk, and I'm messing it all up, but you know what I mean. Why do all that? Well, because he's telling them on the side. He's telling them what's going to happen. And then he backs that up sign of waters to the unbelieving Jew. Amen. Amen. Dispensationalism, if you don't understand, what is dispensationalism? It's just a time period where God deals differently with man. That's all it is. And salvation is not the same throughout the Bible. Right, man, right, man. Anybody that's got half a brain can read this book and tell you Abraham, the father of the faith, did not get born again in the Old Testament like you and me did. Right. 
Jonah did not go to heaven because he heard the gospel preached. They sang just as I am. He believed on the on the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Son of God and was saved by grace through faith. You don't have to be a brain surgeon to know that. It's different. And things that are different are not the same. I just want I want I want to establish this. This is something we need. I've seen it more and more, and, and for the longest time I wondered what the movement would be yeah. in the last days. I really, I'm starting, to, I'm starting to lean towards that charismatic gifts apostolic movement. I believe that's what it's going to be. Because if you think about it, the Antichrist is going to come back and he's going to do signs and wonders too. And it is, and I've been studying a little bit on it. It's, it's every, it's every, some scholars say 20, some say 50, some even go as far as say 100. But every couple decades, let's just say it that way, it explodes. It's been a revolving cycle. Of course, I don't know that because it, last time it was probably big. I wasn't paying attention. I was too little or something. But now it is growing vastly. It, it, it's evolving. We're seeing all these national things taking place. And, and listen to me, folks. I know people are going to accuse me of being the Debbie Downer and throwing water on everybody's fire. But I'm not. I'm trying to do my job. Sure. As a pastor, and let you know everything you see is not genuine. Right? Amen. It's not. Yes, sir. How do you know that? You try the spirits. Right. Um, there's King James only guys on my Facebook that's went to this revival at the college in Kentucky. Now, let me say a few things. I mean, I think there's some genuine people there, and I really think they're hungry for God. And I think there's some people probably getting real help. Yeah. They're really seeking God. But what you don't know, right. if you don't dig in, is they ain't, there's not a lot of preaching. And what preaching has been done has been done by a woman preacher. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can send you the link. I've got all that saved. And last night, I've got the video saved. Last night, they start casting out devils. This happened last night. And what it is, it's not the college. It's not the kids. It's not the kids that started the, or whatever you want to call it, done. But they opened the doors for all these other denominations to come in. A girl falls out last last night in the service with a seizure. Well, there's some apostolic devil devil whispers in the group. She you know what they say? She's got a demon. So during this after revival, some say you should be careful. These demon people walk up and start casting out, and and the girl starts screaming. It's on video, so this ain't hearsay. I got the link. I show it to But why? Well, they're missing one thing up there. They're missing something to be the final authority. Right. Yeah. yeah. I'm not against people coming together seeking God. I'm hunting for that till the day I die. I, I, I want them to. But you gotta understand something. Everything must be built upon truth. Through the local church. Yes, sir. It's gotta be built on truth. And God's way of doing things in this dispensation is through my local church. Amen. And so there's just too many errors for me. To just just throw throw my hands in and say, all right, I, you got to be scared. You have the day now we're living. You have to be skeptical. Yes, first. sir. You yeah. have to be. Yeah, you, and how do you try the spirits? The word of God. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing to do with being a Baptist, Pentecostal, Presbyterian, Methodist, First Advent. I don't care what you are. You got to go to the Word of God if you're a Bible believer. Yes. And compare scripture with scripture. See what's going on. Try the spirits. And, and go from there. There's a lot of national attention right now in, in Louisiana. 
And what started off as a man preaching death, burial, and resurrection, he too now is doing the whole deliverance business. They're coming. They're coming. To, they're coming to uh, Atlanta, Georgia, him and his partner in crime, and and they're going to have a big deliverance. So listen, you know how people run to that because in our flesh, you know what we want? To, we want. We want to experience something. Yeah, yep. We want to see something. Can I say it? Don't take no faith, really. When you physically watch all these things <coughs> taking place, Preacher, you really believe something's going on? Yes. Yes, sir. Yes. Do I think there's a few phonies and fakes? Uh, obviously. There is everything you go to. But there's some real people experiencing some real things. Where's all that coming from? If it's not from the if it's the way of air and there's a spirit on it, guess whose spirit it ain't? Yep. It's not the spirit of God. But it is a real spirit. Right. Does everybody understand? I'm just simply trying to caution us to be very weary and careful Amen. of what we tie our name to or what we put our approval on. Look into it. Compare it. Look, compare what's going on, what's taking place scripture scripture. And what what VR and them boys are doing is totally, totally anti Bible and anti rightly divine, anti messianization. And and really, uh, they've got way the gospel. Right, yeah. Now you don't you don't need to repent of your sin be be saved. That's true. Oh, you're drunk? Well let's cast the spirit of drunkenness out of you. Yeah, come on. Come on. Where's the repentance? Right. There's no need for repentance when I'm delivering you from the devil that makes you drink. Right. Does everybody follow me? Yeah. And then people's walking out thinking I'm good to go. They're gonna bust hell wide open. Yep. Oh, you're homosexual? No problem. Let's cast the spirit of homosexuality on you. Don't repent. Don't don't realize your sin. Don't 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 turn to Christ and ask for forgiveness. We'll just cast it out and you're good to go. No, that's not biblical salvation. No, they're going to go to hell. And they think they're, they're going to heaven. These are people that most of them probably never been talked about. They just know there's a big movement going on somewhere. And I'm going to hit this right over here since we've already talked local church. DR set up in, in, in Livingston, Louisiana has no business baptizing people. That's right. I want you to understand why. It's an ordinance of the local church. If somebody gets saved, they then need to plug into a local church, and then through and by that local church, the pastor is to baptize them. Why? Is that your ideology? It's the word of God. It's a church ordinance. It's not an evangelical tent ministry ordinance. Come on, somebody. That's right. It's all about order. It's all about order. And it's because they're taking things from dispensational, a different dispensation to an unbelieving Jew. Time out real quick. Nine, but that's, I believe I'd probably be right in saying this. Now, I believe nine out of ten times when when the Bible is 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 misdivided, if that's even the term, it's not divided rightly, it's always because whatever is being taken and applied deals with Israel. Yeah. Deals with the Jew. Yeah. I believe that's nine out of ten times a heresy. Yeah. It, it's 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 they're taking they're taking doctrine that applied the to the to the to the unbelieving Jew or to the apostles or to that Baptists and they try to apply it into church doctrine and it don't work. Amen. Things that are different are not the same. All right. Let's look. Dispensation occurs four times in your Bible. Let's go to uh, well we're already in Colossians, David. You still there? Look at Colossians chapter 1. That way we won't have to run back to it. Colossians 1, verse 25. Four times this word dispensation is in your Bible. 
And all this is really, this is a simple study you can put together. If you've got, well, I'm, a, I'm a huge advocate of blue letter Bible. Right. Type in the word dispensation. Right. Hit at the top whole Bible, and it will pull up every time it's mentioned. And it's four times. By the way, years and years and years and years and years and years ago, our forefathers didn't have half the resources we do. Right. And they were wrong on some things. Even our, even our, even our Baptist forefathers. Were, were, were wrong on a few things. And I think God probably showed them a little more grace and a little more mercy towards their ignorance. Folks, we're without excuse. Amen. We, we've got every bit of technology at the touch of a button. So we really need to study this stuff. Look, look in Colossians chapter 1, verse 25. The Bible says, Whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. So again, Paul's dealing with the dispensation to this church, Colossae. Now, let's go back to Ephesians. We'll, we'll just run this thing backwards. Go to Ephesians chapter 3. Here's your second mention. I'm showing to you where they're at in your Bible. Ephesians 3, verse 2. The Bible said, If you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which has given me to you work, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote before in few words, whereby when you read, when you read, he may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Listen, those early, those old saints and those early New Testament saints, they did not understand the mystery. Right. They didn't see it. That's right. Does everybody understand what I'm saying? Yeah. What is the mystery? Right. The church. And the church. That's it. Paul's revealing to them. That's why we're Pauline. You know where all of our church doctrine comes from? Yes, sir. Paul. Comes from Paul's epistles. All of it comes from. All church doctrine comes from Paul. Because Paul is who paved the way God opened his eyes and opened his heart and revealed the revelation. What is revelation? What's the word re re revealed? It was a gradual process. So you notice what we just read, the dispensation of the grace of God was given to you. How that by revelation or the revealing process, the gradual revealing process, which is dispensationalism, he made known unto me, Paul said, the mystery. Does everybody understand that? Yes, the Old Testament prophets never seen it. Right. They never seen it. They never seen it. They never seen the church, the body of Christ, the one body. By the way, we believe in the one body. Yeah, that means there is one body in Christ. We're not brothers. I don't think you have to be a Baptist to be in the one body. No, sir. I do not believe that. No, sir. We're not Calvinists. I don't believe that God handpicked you to be in the one body before the foundation of the world and left others out. That's hyper Calvinism. They believe before the foundation of the world, God had who He was going to save and who He didn't. Now, brother, that's messed up. Yeah. yeah. If you really think about that, that means the worst child molesting pedophile pervert that's ever breathed there that right now is assaulting a young girl somewhere that's lost and won't have nothing to do with God. God knew it and didn't care. And just let him be what he's going to be. Yeah. I, that's, that's out of hell. Amen. Amen. That is not what God done. We, we do believe in the one body. We believe in the local church and the church. Right. Okay? And so... Paul says that, that through the dispensation of the grace of God, which you and I know all about, the grace of God, 
that this revelation has been made known unto him, the mystery, the church. Um, look at verse 5. Tell me things in the Bible has always been the same. Verse 5. Which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men. Right. As it is now, what's that word say? Or revelation. Revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the spirits. That the Gentiles should be fellow heirs. They never seen that. No, sir. All them Jews seen was Jew, Messiah. Jew, Jew. That's all they ever seen. They never seen the Gentile. They never seen the one body. They never seen the church. That the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body. And partakers of his promise in Christ by. Look in your Bible. That don't make somebody get a little excited or something. That's the mystery that God revealed to Paul. Why? It's a different what in verse 2. If you have heard of the what, that's exactly right. So, so salvation's the same all the way through, like some, even good brethren, friends that we know and love, think. Why is this there? What, what's the need for dispensation of grace? What's the need for the mystery to be revealed? What's the need? For any of this and all of this. Well, because it's not the same. Right. Things that are different are not the same. Look, look with me in Ephesians 1. I don't know how long I've been. I had, I had my phone on charge. Give me about 15 minutes. Look at Ephesians. Chapter, I didn't get near as far as I thought I'd get in Ephesians chapter 1. Look at verse 7. Ephesians 1 7. Here, here's the, uh, the next mention. Ephesians 1 7. And whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery, see there? Of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself, that in the what? of the fullness of times. He might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. And also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worked all things after the counsel of his own will. So what does Paul say here to the, to the church of Ephesus in this dispensation of fullness of times? He might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth. So we started in Genesis with the first Adam. There is a heaven and, a, and then when you get to the end of this dispensation of fullness of times, you get to the book of Revelation, when all things come to an end, we find a new and a new and new and God's going to bring it all together. And what is that called? A new dispensation. Dispensationalism. What does it simply mean? It means God dispenses himself, dispenses the revelation progressively over time with different people in different ways to different generations. That's all it means. So not brain surgery. Go with me to 1 Corinthians 9, 17. The law first mentions first time you find this word. Dispensation. And I hope that I don't bore you to death. I, I really struggle 
Just teach it because I feel like I don't do a good job. It's good. But I'm trying to keep it going and keep you interested. Uh, teaching to me has always been one of the hardest things that I have to do as a pastor. And uh, to be honest with you, I like teaching, but I, I don't like teaching. Does that make sense? I don't think so. Verse Corinthians 9, 17. Well, let's look at verse 16 first. For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing glory of. For necessity is laid upon me, daddy, woe is me if I preach not the gospel. One of my favorite verses. Verse 17. For if I do this thing willingly, I have a reward. But if against my will, a of the gospel is committed unto me. What is my reward then? Verily that when I preach the gospel, I may make the gospel of Christ without charge that I abuse not my power in the gospel. For though I be free from all men, yet have I... Uh, I made myself servant unto all that I might gain the more. And unto the Jews, I became a Jew that I might gain the Jews. And to them that are under the law, is under the law that I might gain them that are under the law. To them that are without the law, without the law. Being not without the law of God, but under the law of Christ. That I might gain them that are without the law. The weak became weak that I might gain the weak. I made all things to all men that I might by all means save some. This I do for the gospel's sake that I might be partaker thereof. With you, so we understand what Paul's saying here. Paul has to deal with a very vast variety of people. Uh, when you go into the first, the first chapter of First Corinthians, this church is is, is haywire yeah. because it's a mixed multitude. You got a bunch of Jews, a bunch of Gentiles, and the Jews still want to see people get up out of bed out of the graveyard from the dead and they're still wanting blind eyes to be put back in the sea and lame men walk and they're still looking for all these things. They're still looking for tons of signs and wonders. And Paul's trying to transition them out from signs and wonders of the law into the dispensation of grace and he's preaching this gospel and he says this, verse 16, or verse 17, for therefore if I do this willingly I have a reward but if against my will a dispensation of the gospel is committed unto me. In other words, there's going to be a dispensation, fall and fail, if I don't do my job in the dispensation in which I am preaching. That's why I said the Jew will become a Jew. You know what he has to do? He has to get down where they are. Yeah. Don't mean he's a chameleon. It, it means he had to deal with the people, who they were, how they were, and what they come out of, and what God was leading them to. Again, progressive revelation. Does everybody understand that? Does everybody see that? All right. So again, all the word all the word dispensation means is dispensing. It is God's way of gradually and progressively giving us His revelation. Now, we're looking at this particular subject of dispensational salvation. There are a few keynotes that you need to think about when you go to make your decision as to what you believe. I can't make you believe nothing. I'm telling you what the Bible says. What's true? You know, if you believe it, great. If you don't, that's on you. So here's a few things you need to know. Go into the book of Hebrews. I started studying this and putting this together at about 10 o'clock this morning. I had really no intention on doing any of this. And I just got some things on my heart and started looking at it. Listening to some things, reading some things, and, and God just really put it on my heart. And uh, this is this is just what God gave me since nine o'clock this morning, or ten, and I ain't gonna get through half of it. Hebrews chapter one, look in verse one. God, at, God, at, 
Excuse me. God who at sundry times and in divers, notice that word, divers, manners, diverse, right. different manners, spake in times past unto, uh, unto the Father by the prophets. After these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. Now, I want you to understand something. God who is sundry times and in divers manners spake. Does everybody see that? Does everybody see what the book of Hebrews just right. said? God speaks in different ways. That's what we just read. Does everybody see that? So this, this theology of God has always saved and spoke the same, it is not biblical. God did not always speak the same. He does not speak the same. God who sent our times and divers of different manners, spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by who? His son. So in, 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 in the beginning, in verse number one, God who sent our times and in divers manners spake in times past unto the father, fathers by the what? So God in the Old Testament Sons right times spake differently. How? It was all prophetic. It was prophecy, which means preaching of things to come. Everything you see, Isaiah, prophetic. Isaiah 53, we preach that just like Jesus is right there in the text, but you understand that is all prophetic. He's in the text, but it hasn't happened yet. Prophetic. Does everybody understand The book of Daniel. You know the whole book of Daniel is a prophetic book? It's, it's all about it's all about the end times. He never never the type of antichrist. I mean, I can get there's so many things we can branch off into. But I want to read you this just to make sure you understood. God does speak differently. Salvation is different because the way God dealt with things, the way He spoke, the way things are in order. It was a progressive. Uh, it was a progressive uh, dispersion. Okay, he dispersed things differently. In verse 1, God spake divers manners unto the all five prophets, meaning he spake different ways to different generations of men through and by men. But now we find that he speaks to us, to us through the Son of God. Look at chapter number 2 of Hebrews. There's a whole lot of controversy, speculation over the book of Hebrews. Uh, nobody knows for sure who the writer may be. Um, the audience, if you will, of, of the book of Hebrews. Um, I, I believe that, that there it's it's there's both Jewish and church writings. You can there's some things in here that apply can apply to the church. But you, you must try to divide all those things. If you don't, you're gonna be a mess. Okay? Um, Hebrews look 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 in chapter two, look at verse five. Well, let's just start verse 1. Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by the angels was, was set fast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord, and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders. Who's that to? All right. And with divers miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. For unto the angels hath he not put in subjection the world to come whereof we speak. 
but one in a certain place testified, saying, What is man, that thou art mindful of him, or the son of man, that thou visited him? Thou mayest him a little lower than the angels. Thou crownest him with the glory and honor, and didst set him over the works of thy hands. Notice, uh, notice verse number 8. There's a few things I want to point out. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet, for in that he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. But now we see not yet all things put under him. A few things I want to point out. Look at verse 5. For unto the angels hath he put in subjection. What's the next few words say? The world to come. That is not the present world. The world to come. Wherever we speak. Look at verse number 8. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet, for in that he put in all subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. But now we see not yet. Does everybody see that? You know what that means? Different dispensation. It's not there. The world not yet, verse 5. This is referring to Jesus being the head of all things to come on earth. That is the second coming. The rapture is not the second coming. Right. Okay? That is when Jesus is the physical head, the ruler and the reigner over all things. He is the head, the father of the family, if you will, on planet earth. That's, that's verse number five. Verse number eight, it says these words, but not yet. This is speaking of Jesus being the head over all things physically on planet earth. But not yet. May I say the little G God of this world. Who, you want to know who's in charge of the world? The devil. Right now. God is not the head of this world. I know that. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We just seen that Jesus is the head. Don't be the head of all the world. We just seen that. But not yet. Okay? It's talking about the second coming. Look at 2 Corinthians 4. Verse number 4. In whom the God of this world, little g, hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine under them. Who's he talking about? It's the devil. He's the one that blinds the minds. He's the one that, that, that walks and slithers in darkness. He's the one that deceives and defiles. It's the devil. Right now, in this dispensation, Jesus is the head of something. So the Ephesians. Now again, what we read in Hebrews, that he is going to be the head of all things on the earth. When is that going to take place? The second coming. It's not right now. Who is the head of the world right now? The devil. So what is God? What is Jesus the head of right now? Look at Ephesians chapter 1. Look at verse 22. Ephesians 1.22 The Bible said, Hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to He's the head of the church. We're the body. He's the head. Everybody understand that? It's coming today. He's going to be the head over all things. But that's not yet. We just read that in the book of Hebrews. The world to come is the second coming of Jesus Christ. All right? Now, you don't have to turn to all of these, but I will. Uh, I, will read them. I will read you some of these references about the world to come. 
the first and the second. The first heaven, the second heaven, the first sacrifice, the last sacrifice, the, the first atonement, which took take away sin, the second atonement that took it away forever. The first sacrifices, which were not sufficient, the second sacrifice, 